You are listening to the IBSI Views podcast. This is Gaia Lamperti, and today we are joined by Charles McManus, CEO of ClearBank. Hi, pleased to be here. Thank you. Our pleasure. Lovely. So today we are going to chat about the journey of ClearBank from the very beginning to the fastest growing tech company that it is today. Many of our listeners may know already ClearBank was the UK's first clearing bank in more than 250 years. And while being the first in such a long time surely comes with great opportunities, Charles, what have been also some of the challenges, the up and downs of the journey so far? It's a great question. And uh, like any uh, startup moving to a scale-up, it's a fantastic story. And I, I know... Um, Uh, others have written books. Perhaps I'll, I'll write one uh, one day. But uh, to answer your question, if you like the boring parts right at the start, going back to 2016, where we had the idea, Nick Ogden, uh, who founded WorldPay and others, had the original germ of an idea of, of essentially all the legacy banks that were providing clearing services. What if you had the latest cloud-native uh, tech platform? You had an ISO 20022 API. You had an end-to-end real-time process. And actually, you you connected that to all the front-end fintechs that are all real-time. An end-to-end process and go and service the customer base in a whole new way. And that's the journey essentially we've been on. But in relation to embedded banking and clearing services, you need a banking license. And coming back to the first challenge other than the tech and the talent we needed to get our banking license and obviously uh, uh, we were very successful in that as well as building the, the tech end-to-end in relation to the IP. I've left out something that's also very important for any startup which is capital and uh, we were very fortunate to capture the two billionaires essentially that funded the original money and have continued to do so and, and we'll go on to talk about further investment I'm sure as this discussion but essentially you, you need that in terms of the rocket fuel to underpin all that excitement, innovation, the tech, the talent, and also obviously getting a banking license and the rest. So having got all of that, got through the two years, then the challenge becomes actually getting your first customer. And I remember very well with the team, they're very exciting. The first time there were those customers that were so desperate for change that wanted to be, if you like, the guinea pigs and would uh, help us learn and iterate the solution. And we had some fantastic clients that actually did that with us. And of course, everything changes the moment you actually have a real live payment from the customer. And it's really from that success of the culture, the tech, the product. And with those original clients today, we have over 200 live financial institutions in relation to our platform, uh, 362 employees from the original uh, seven or eight of us. Uh, and I can go on with the various milestones. And so moving from that original concept um, and startup to now actually a, a successful proposition uh, and scaling that in relation to the UK. But we're all a people, very strong culture within the bank. And really, it's been the team and enjoying in, and celebrating, as well as the good days, those bad days where it hasn't worked, iterating to get to that solution. You need incredible resiliency not just operational resiliency, which is required, but actually human resiliency in terms of the ups and downs, which are magnified so much on that journey. Fantastic. Well, sounds great. And I could catch a few 
keywords that you use like change, innovation, digital, culture. Um, so I'd love to focus on those. What identifies ClearBank in terms of innovation in the space? We just said it was the first player in such a long time. So how did the company manage to bring innovation in the clear banking space? So very simplistically, and it is too simply, is tech, tech, and tech, right? Of course, it's much, much more than that. So being truly cloud native and API driven, and the only element of, of on-prem that we had was the direct connections to the payment schemes, to chats and banks and the rest. I remember in relation to educating the FCA and, and numerous others where we had the, the head of Microsoft flew over from Redmond and we had all the stakeholders in a room from the FCA to the PRA to the uh, PSR of educating them on cloud you know, back in 2016, which was sort of obviously people were, were terrified, concerned of something new and essentially where it was data held, et cetera, et cetera. But the key answer to that innovation was very much in relation to having the right one tech platform end-to-end real-time, not batch processing, not numerous handoffs to numerous different systems and legacy systems that don't talk to each other. And you know the marketplace has heard about that so much. It's only if you live in that environment, you know how hard it is to change it to get somewhere different. And, and you can't, so you end up having to start new and then migrate across. And you can see that in so many banking groups or large groups where uh, essentially they've, they've got legacy systems, they've got all of that back in, and it's so hard to change to get a fintech culture to inject into that. So they've got to start a new digital bank and then migrate across. We had the clean piece of paper that we could build it right from, from scratch. Um, and that's what's been so exciting in relation to innovation. And so in terms of the innovation aspects of not just real time and doing the clearing, but then add, add on services that we're now doing in relation to confirmation of payee and request to pay is coming. Um, and also the on us type transactions that we can do between customers on our platform without going through the payment rails. All of those things, lowering uh, cost and friction, increasing real time and allowing our customers to service their customers in that way um, has really been the, the major innovation we're doing. And of course, we're doing that in Sterling and we'll go on to talk about, you know, our customer sale, Charles, you know, it's fantastic in the API giving in Sterling, but I want euros, I want US dollars, I want more. And obviously we've launched our multi-currency proposition in the UK this year um, but actually, they actually we want global jurisdictional presence for the single platform in those environments. That's without talking about open banking or embedded uh, banking, where, again, we've been really successful in, with the likes of Tide and Chip and a number of other industry uh, verticals that have not yet been announced, where we're embedding our bank accounts in fintechs front ends and providing banking services or FSCS bank accounts in relation to those products. And there's some really exciting stuff that's going on there. And uh, as you would have seen, the success that we've had with Tide, not just in BCR raising money, but also um, helping Tide actually make a real difference in the SMA UK market, where they're now up at 7% in market share, powered by our bank accounts rather than using prepaid cards, for example, or equivalent type solutions. Brilliant. And I think we touched upon this already a little bit, but the company embraces a digital first approach, which 
you know, in these times post-pandemic, it's basically an imperative. And the benefits are clear, but maybe we could expand on those and more specifically discuss how, how does the company live up to that standard of always being a digital first clearing bank in such a way that satisfies end users, customers, banks, and the entire network? Uh, well, I, and the law, answer to the last question, of course, I left out people, which is a massive growth. I talked about tech, tech, tech. You, you can have the best strategy or the best tech, but if you haven't got customer service delivery in terms of the right culture, it doesn't work. And so back to your digital first in relation to the, the whole interaction and the, the pandemic has been has been a good example, obviously, as you say, um, uh, cash and check stocks, uh, all of all that that acceleration of, if you like, 10 years change in 10 months that, uh, that we talked about of people having to get online banking, can't use cash can't write a check they've actually got to make an online banking payment of some kind or they've got to use credit card and so that gave us a big boost in terms of because we are digital first and all our rails are real time and we want to be the fastest most efficient in terms of those channels there was a natural flow of we've actually got to use those channels now. We're forced to use those channels if we want our business to survive. And that brought us a whole new set of, of client-based in relation to the regulated advice of, of authorised payment institutions, um, uh, EMIs, credit unions, building societies, banks, in order to, to service their customers. Not only did they, um, they obviously had to get work at home and all the their own internal challenges of servicing their customers. They also needed digital payment channels to be able to do that. And so we've we've used our tech platform that was built specifically for that of cloud native and API and real-time first, no batch processes, essentially end-to-end, -end, uh, each individual transaction being processed individually elastically within the cloud as as the volumes actually uh, increase or reduced in terms of a very efficient elastic way and that's what cloud actually delivers um, a massive difference in relation to, to be able to service at, at speed high volumes but also the operational resiliency and certainty of getting it right it's not a batch process um, it's not a manual data process across the API in relation to, to all of the data connections and the security that offers around payments, which has become obviously even more important in terms of cybersecurity and resiliency in the, in the current environment and the geopolitical situation. Um, that's what ClearBank's product is all about and delivering that to our customers so they can focus on their front-end product excellence knowing that we will supply them with the best we can in terms of payments, real-time, resiliency, uptime, all of those things that are actually critical in terms of consumers um, not being faced with being able to use their credit card and actually the system's gone down or they can't get cash out of an ATM or whatever it is. Um, to, in today's market, that's just not acceptable in terms of customer delivery. Absolutely. And I love you started uh, your answer with, the people and even before you were talking about human resilience so now we were looking at the customers but if we have to look 
inwards uh, in the company. You, Charles, have been there since the very beginning. You are the CEO since 2015. And as we already mentioned, the company has been growing so fast to the point that last year, I believe, Deloitte has awarded the company as the UK's fastest growing tech company. So what has been the journey internally, um, building up the right team, scaling up operations, creating a network of clients and partners from your perspective as a CEO since the very beginning? Well, I've been privileged to be the CEO for uh, and to get that award. We all are very privileged in terms of the bank and growing so fast, essentially in, in doubling revenues each year. Uh, since we started in relation to contributing to the, the various criteria that Deloitte use in relation to percentages of, of uh, revenues over the last few years. And you're right, what does it take to actually achieve that? Well, it, you've got to have a fantastic team. The values and culture we have in the, in the bank, we talk about we, we very much want a, a fintech culture, but we also have a banking license. And that's a challenge in relation to innovative young engineers, but right through the bank of actually complying with banking regulations and money laundering and fin crime and, and all of that in terms of training, but at the same time being innovative and agile in relation to actually not having to go through layers of governance and bureaucracy to make decisions. And it's something that I'm very uh, passionate about having worked in large banks with with numerous committees and layers and titles and hierarchies we have a very flat structure we try and keep that as flat as possible we try and keep the decision making lines as as uh, short and, and as fast as possible and to the extent of empowering people essentially to be able to do that but safeguard us within our our risk appetite and, and risk culture and so our values essentially of better together of curiosity, of courage, of ambition, of all of those things, as well as resiliency in relation to trying to, to live all of those um, rather than just have posters on, on walls in relation to it. And celebrating success, but also teamwork in relation to things going wrong. So our incident management, we know and we train that things will go wrong no matter what, what happens. And we run our instance live with all of our clients. And so many of the, the, our clients are saying, normally when something goes wrong, we can't get hold of someone. We get an answer and it's never their fault. It's defensive. Um, whereas, Charles, all we want to know is what's really going on so that we can manage our customers in relation to the facts. And um, very much we're therefore solutions first and our post-implementation reviews and accountabilities afterwards and not having a fear or blame culture in relation to the bank, fundamental in relation to a banking environment. And I've lived through a number of the financial crises where if only, say, Nick Leeson had held up his hands the first time that actually the losses started to go through, but in doubling bets and hiding it, but by the time it's found out, it breaks the bank. That, that must never happen on my watch, basically, because the culture is the one that ensures that never happens. Fantastic. What a great point. As we were talking about growth, I cannot but think about what's ahead. Clearbank just secured new funding. Maybe, Charles, you could tell us a bit more about that and the sort of opportunities it opens for the near future. Absolutely. And again, the, the whole uh, bank uh, and all our employees are very excited in relation to, to being proud of what we've achieved, not complacent. I can't stand arrogance of any kind. We've always got to do better and service our customers. We're only as good as the payments we processed yesterday. 
And, and that's very much also the culture in terms of continuous improvement and, and agile in relation to, uh, to improving. Um, but we have been, uh, we've, we've created a fantastic platform in the UK. We're servicing our, our UK clients. Um, a number of those are European and global clients. And so the natural, the natural next step, uh, coming back to my earlier comments, is to take the, the bank international um, and we wanted to do that from a position of strength and, and, and proving, validating our proposition within the UK. And our existing two billionaire shareholders have been fantastic in relation to funding the bank through that. And therefore, we've looked in relation to the capital, like the rocket fuel, to go to the next stage in terms of international expansion. Uh, we're so pleased to announce the, the APAX digital investment, where they are a tier one global investor and have, have taken businesses global and know all of that in terms of supporting a, a fastest growing fintech such as Clearbank in doing that. And so the, the new 175 million uh, announcement in terms of additional funding gives us that rocket fuel and expertise to, to go to Europe. Uh, we're looking at the US and also uh, Asia Pacific in relation to, to then taking that single platform and being able to operate it in those jurisdictions so that our global clients can then move US dollars, euros, sterling across our platform real time and get all the benefits from the UK that start capturing those on a, on a global basis. So it's a, a really exciting step in the Clearbank story and uh, one that I think we've, we've earned the right to do so, um, uh, to now serve our customers on that basis. So obviously a lot of opportunity for our people for our customers, but also a lot of very hard work ahead. Sounds definitely promising. And yes, congratulations, Charles. Thank you again for joining us today. It has been a pleasure speaking to you. Charles McManus, CEO of ClearBank. A pleasure. Thank you very much.